Hello, it is good to be here. North Point, how are we feeling this morning? Are we feeling, have some energy? Uh, I'm excited to be here. Just like you said, I moved to Atlanta 11 years ago, and I remember that first year, actually that first month, I can tell you what it was like on that first month. I didn't have a job yet, and I remember it was really difficult, and some of my transplant people in here, they know exactly what that's like. You're thinking, I moved here. You know what it's like to hit hard times. I couldn't make ends meet, and I remember I called my mom one night, and I said, you know, Mom, this is difficult in this big city uh, from Akron, Ohio, OH. Oh, 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 there's so many of us in the room right now. I'm so excited. No matter where we are, when I do that call, we always are going to respond. Oh, H. And I don't know if you guys saw our game last night we played, or yesterday we played the Michigan Wolverines, and God saw that we could go ahead and beat them by a large margin because of how we continue to serve our local communities in Ohio. And so... And so I called my mom back in Akron, Ohio, and I said, you know, mom, this is really difficult in the big city, and I'm trying to make it down here, but I'm just not sure if I can make it. And you know your mom, when she, when she hears you in distress, her baby in distress, she said, Joseph, listen, if it gets too hard, you know you can always come back home. This door is always open. And in that moment, you know, as her son, every mother wants to just hear that you have wisdom in this time of despair. They want to hear wisdom from you. And so I knew what I had to say in that moment, and I pulled the phone close, and I said, mom, I will die in these streets before I accept defeat and come back to Akron, Ohio. Now, now some of you might be thinking, why, why would he say that to his mother in this time of care when she's trying to love on him? Well, here's exactly why. Because I needed to earn that top spot on her prayer list for another year, and I knew that that move would earn it for me. And here's what I do know since a child all the way to an adult. I know that anyone who occupies my mother's top spot on her prayer list for a long time somehow seemingly always gets blessed. And so I had to play dirty. I had to say what I had to say and look at where it landed me now here at North Point. And you can say a mother's prayer truly does work. So I've lived in Atlanta now for 11 years. I absolutely love it. In fact, put the city behind me. Let's go ahead and show it off right there. Just in case you don't know where you're at, this is where we're at here. We have the Ferris wheel. You can ride for $170 downtown. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I tell people that it came from France, even though I think it came from California, but it makes us look a tad bit more exotic and sophisticated. And so I love this city. We have what I like to say is the coolest football stadium in all of America. Could we not agree? The Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We also have the most affordable baseball experience you can have with your family with the SunTrust. So shout out to the SunTrust. But when people say, why do you love us so much? I say, well, listen, we built this belt line that connects every single family in Atlanta to one another so that we can all walk out and give each each other hugs and everyone's like really it connects every family I say it's runs through everyone's front yard we all walk out and just hug each other it's in only in Atlanta you'll only find it there and I absolutely love it wouldn't trade it for anything so it's a little bit crazy when people say oh you're the guest communicator here at North Point because I'm like no this is home this is this is where I can look out and I can literally be looking in the eyes of my friends and my family members who are like I know these people I know this church this is where it all began so this is a very very special Sunday for me and as I was thinking about what I wanted to say to you all while well, it was a difficult weekend to prepare and study because well Black Friday and so <laughs> Anyone that knows me knows that Black Friday is a difficult time because it's got distractions all throughout and they're distractions that are literally tailor-made for me for two reasons. First off, I love chaos. I don't know why I've always been like that. I love chaos. Give me a little bit of chaos and I'm like, I'm there. I wanna be in the heart of it. So that's the first thing. Secondly, I like nice, new, shiny things. I gotta just be honest. We're family, we can just be transparent like that. I like new things. I like stuff, okay? So I'm gonna be transparent and put that right out there right now. I like stuff, so Black Friday is a huge distraction, but this year, I didn't find it to be too challenging because a lot of my bougie friends introduced me to Amazon. And so Amazon <laughs> has changed my life completely. Now here's why I say that, because I didn't know what it was like to enter the prime of your life 
until I paid that $99. And that $99 has transformed my life because now I can point and click at what I want and it comes to my house in record time. And I'm like, this has completely, completely revolutionized how I live my life out every single day. And some of you right now are like, oh, I know about that Amazon Prime life because I'm living it every single day too. And so you know the perks and the benefits of it. Now when you're living a prime life, you can't just make decisions on the willy-nilly. Now you're like, hey, listen, I gotta make sure this is the best because I'm in my prime and I can get more for, come on, you guys already know how it works. I can get more for less, so I can't just make this is, I can't just buy what I would have bought way back then in my youthful days. No, 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 right now, baby, I'm in my prime. I gotta make sure I make the right decision. And so sure enough, here I am in this prime of my life. And as I began to look at such a loopy idea, but yet a logical reality, I'm sure I began to expand my perspective and say, what if it doesn't just isolate itself to a shopping cart? What if it's not just the Amazon shopping cart? I mean, maybe there's something about Amazon. There's a reason why it seemed to click with all of us. I mean, here we are. You, you get this Prime subscription. You're now in your Prime of your life. You're getting things better than you ever did. You're getting more stuff than you can ever imagine. You're, you're signing on. You're buying stuff you don't even need. And you're looking at it and you're thinking, this is a wonderful scenario, more for less. And as I began to expand it and look beyond, I began to say, well, this is what so many people, no matter where I travel to, state to state, student to adult, person who's in the workaday world to CEO, athlete to entertainer, seemingly says the same thing. I'm just looking for more. And every single person seems to be looking for what they hope will be the prime of their life. I just, I just want to live my life like it's in my prime. I want to make the most out of it, Sojo. I want to be able to wake up every morning and know that I'm getting the most. I want to squeeze the most out of every single moment. And no matter where I go, I typically sit with people at Starbucks and they begin to talk to me and they say, it seems like I have a lot. I mean, I'm thankful for a lot, but I just don't seem to have what I'm really looking for. I'm looking for more. Where do I find it? And maybe that's why you find yourself here in this room today. Maybe that's why you walk through these back doors and sit in that seat. Maybe you're sitting in that top balcony back row the way I sat very, my first, very first time here. And you're thinking, that's exactly why I'm sitting here, because I'm looking for more. And oftentimes, we're made to feel like we're not thankful for what we have. It's like, hey, as Americans, we need to be more thankful. But honestly, as I have conversations, it's not that people aren't thankful. No, they're very thankful for what they have. They're like, I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for my security. I'm thankful for the neighborhood I live in. I'm thankful for my friends and family. But, but, but I have to be honest with you, if I were to take the mask off, Joe, if I were to just be honest with you, if it was just me and you, and some of you know this conversation, I'm looking for more still. My goal this morning is not to make you feel guilty about that. Because in those moments, I lean in and I say, what if I told you that you were made to want more? And people will typically look back at me and they'll say, okay, tell me more about that. And I'll say, that's the journey that I've been on. Especially within this last year, I've been searching for more. Thankful for all that God has blessed me with. An incredible job, an incredible life, an incredible community of people. And yet, I still woke up in mornings, I still went to sleep at night, and I still would say, but God, is there more? And some of you have said the same prayer, thought the same thought as you're sitting at your desk, as you're lying on the pillow, as you're waking up in the morning. To do that, I began to set out on a journey, and it set me at the same place this time last year. I left Atlanta. And I took a, took a five-day excursion and went from a city that looked like this to a place that looked more like this, Montana, because my friends told me you can find God better in Montana. <laughs> now, I want to start by saying I'm not an outdoors person. You could probably guess that. 
if you were looking at me as a stereotype, which I hope none of you are. And so I remember uh, Googling the price tickets for what it would take to get to Montana because at this point they had told me it's big sky Montana. When you're out there, it's just you and the big sky. And it's like you can talk to God with a direct line. And I say, I'm trying to have that kind of conversation with God. I'm trying to have the direct line access to be like, God, I got some questions. What's up? Happy I'm out here. It's Montana and me and you. I wanted that type of connection with God. It's what I was looking for. I looked at the t price tickets. They were like $800. I was not happy about that price ticket. I said, this is a little higher than what it needs to talk to God. But I said, God is worth it. God is worth a couple months of me saving up my pennies. Finally bought this plane ticket. Now, at that point, I realized I did not have any outdoor wear because obviously I'm a city boy, so I needed to get some outdoor wear. This is the prime opportunity to do what I love best, and that is acquire some new things. And so I went to the, uh, I went to the North Face outlet because I feel like I needed to make sure that I get the best of the best because I'm headed to Montana. I don't know what's out there. I don't know the terrain. I don't know what's, what's coming. So I got some Arctic tech. That's the top of the line, North Face jacket. I mean, this jacket was great. I felt wonderful about it. I show up in Montana. I'm looking like a million bucks. I'm feeling even better. I step out of the Jeep when I get to the cabin. Have you, have you ever been hit by a breeze that's so cold you feel violated? Have you ever, have that, uh, like you're naked, like you're naked. It hits you and you are like, what in the world am I dealing with? I remember thinking, Two thoughts, because I was, I was literally at this point, I was so angry because I thought, okay, one, why is there ever a breeze that's that cold and there's no trees to block it? That was my first thought. I was thinking, we plant some trees out here maybe to help people who are people like me coming in here. That was my first thought. My second thought was, I paid so much money for this jacket. I don't understand why it's not working. And I remember I was yelling at the people, which way is north? I, apparently I need to face north for my jacket to work because I don't understand why I'm so cold. I just remember thinking, this is the worst day of my entire life. And they said, we're going to go out on the river and go fly fishing. Fly fishing. In the sub-zero no uh, November weather of Montana, I'm out there in a boat trying to cast a reel over and over. If you don't know what fly fishing is, it's a nonstop fly. You're flying it. <laughs> which thankfully is kind of keeping me warm. But at this point, I'm, I'm agitated because I'm so cold I can't feel my face. And I'm not talking about The Weeknd single. And if you don't know who The Weeknd is, you need to sign up for Spotify. But if you don't know what Spotify is, there's probably a few generations in between you and me. So let's just not even act like this moment ever happened. Let's just keep it moving. I couldn't feel my face, okay? I was completely stressed out. And I remember just thinking, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I don't understand how this is making me better. Jesus, help me. I'm out here in the middle of the river. And we get back to the cabin. And they're like, Joe, how did you love it? And I said, um, you know, it wasn't the best day. And they said, okay. And they were like, hey, it seemed like you were struggling a little bit out there. I said, struggling. That's, that's interesting, guys. Uh, I almost died out there on the river. <laughs> and this jacket is not what it was said it was going to do at all. And so I remember I, I told them, I said, I'm a little bit distraught. I'm going to go to my room and read my Bible and hopefully find some reassurance in that because this trip is not shaping up the way it needed to. And sure enough, it was a bunch of other pastors and leaders and some great people that I loved getting a chance to meet. And so I went to my room, and right before I walked in my room, I pushed the door. Somebody said, hey, Joe. I said, yeah. He said, just so you know, we're getting up at 4.30 tomorrow. <laughs> I said, it's 11 o'clock. Why wouldn't you tell me that at 7? <laughs> I wish I could say I was in a good mood, but I wasn't. As I laid my head on that pillow that night, I remember thinking, Jesus, they tell me I'm going on a duck hunt tomorrow. Now, I don't know much about duck other than a Ford Fry restaurant here in Atlanta at St. Cecilia, which is a wonderful dish. God, I didn't come to Montana for ducks. I came for you. And I'm looking for more. But I'm not getting it. 
I'm just getting less. And I felt like an Amazon situation. More stuff. But I just felt less at the end. And right then and there, I'd imagine some of you are thinking, I haven't been to Montana, I haven't laid my bed on a pillow, I haven't stayed out on a river fly fishing in the middle of the November cold, but I know the feeling of saying, God, I came here looking for more, but I just seem to always end up with less. More for less ends up being so many of our lives as we acquire stuff, status, relationships, fame, fortune, and we continue to say, just maybe a little bit more, maybe just a little bit more. I'm looking for friends, I'm, I'm looking for community, I'm sitting in this seat and, I, and I'm hoping to find it. And then you come here and you walk out the doors and you get in your cars and you're like, I, I think this was a good service, but I'm not sure I really got what I needed. I, I, think, I think I did, but I think, I still feel like I need more. And that's exactly where we find ourselves as I began flipping my Bible that night in that room. And I landed on the scripture in Galatians with Paul. And here's what I love before I put it on the screen and let you get a chance to read along with me. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. I love it because Paul's talking about this treasure, this X marks the spot, spot for people in this room or people way back in the day. Literally, the Bible is writ written for people who are looking for more. And he's talking to the same type of crowds right here at the explosion of the church in its early days. And I love what my good friend Andy has been doing for the last few months because he's been walking us through this tension that Paul was walking in, this, this time where they were dealing with this old covenant law and this new covenant that God had promised all these new believers that we fall under today. And so sure enough, Paul is right here, this intersection of time, and he's talking to the people of Galatia, and people are coming behind him and trying to undo everything that he's saying. And I remember he comes back essentially in this, in this, in this chapter, and he says, listen, I want to paint this picture as clear as possible. And he uses Abraham and his wife, and he said, one, they had two children, one that was born as a slave, one that was born free. And he said, you are the child that was born free. And he said, you need to know that you are free. Just as that song said, you are free indeed. And I want to teach you how to walk in freedom. And everyone at this moment leaned in. And they said, so we're not bound by the laws. We're not bound by all the rules and regulations of the old times. He says, no, no, no. You are made new. You are new in Christ. You are free. And to the person who might be sitting up top or sitting in the back or maybe even sitting down front, who walked in this room, and said, the reason why I've always been skeptical about the church is because they like to judge and because they're chock full of rules. And I don't know if it's for me. I'll say, no, 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 no. I'll say the same thing Paul said to his crowd. That's the old. And if you haven't caught a glimpse of what Jesus did, well, it puts you under a new covenant. And you're free. You're free from that guilt. Free from those rules. Free to live under the love of Jesus Christ. He said, but that's just the beginning because from there comes the hunt for more. And that's what we get to talk about here. Because as I lay there in my bed flipping through the Bibles and I find this, it goes from him saying, you are free people. And when we are free, we are free to love God and love people. The scripture that we oftentimes love to say, love God, love people. And he says, that's our task. That's what we're to do with our freedom. We're freely to love God, freely to love people. He said, but as you're on the hunt for more, let me tell you where to find your treasure. And at this point, I'm like the kid who you're telling him is the map, the hidden map. And he's saying, do you want to know where your treasure chest is? And I'd imagine there's some kids in the room right now, some grown adults who are thinking, yeah, I want to know where the treasure is, Sojo. The same way there are adults back in Paul's that say, show me where the treasure is, Paul. What's in the chest? And he said, I'll tell you what's in the chest. You want to know? Lean in. He said, okay. Psst. When you open it up, you find the Holy Spirit. 
Now, I'd imagine if you're like me, you're like, okay. It's not quite gold, silver, rubies, and sapphires. He said, no, it's the Holy Spirit. But when you can get a hold of the Holy Spirit, which God, Jesus, has left for us, God, in you, well, you'll get hold of something so much more. And they said, what? What is this so much more that you're talking about? And it's in this moment he paints it so beautifully in chapter 22 and 23. And this is what Paul says. He said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. You're free men, free women, able to walk in here. And he said, and with this freedom comes the, comes the Holy Spirit and allows us to bear fruit. Now, now, here's what I love most because as you begin to study the Scripture, you begin to realize that a lot of times how I was raised, I was, I was raised to think of it as the fruits of the Spirit, that the fruits of the Spirit. And so when you begin to think of it like that, we Americanize it and kind of put the Amazon on it because we're like, ooh, I would like to pray for love today. God, can you send me love? And then you think, okay, God, actually right now my boss is on my last good nerve and I'm about to tell him what's wrong with him. I need you to give me patience. Please give me patience right now. And we begin to pick the fruits of the Spirit, right? You begin to pray each morning, God, I need gentleness because I don't know what I'm gonna do. God, I need some self-control. I need you to give me self-control right now. And Paul is saying this, if you're praying like this, you've already missed your trail on the hunt. He said, no, 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 you're missing one of the biggest keys to what I'm trying to tell you. This isn't the fruits of the Spirit. For those of you who have been praying so long, saying, I just need love, or you're walking through the aisles and you're looking at your significant other and you're like, how, how are we doing on love? Do we need a little bit more love in our life? Let's, I'm going to put a little more in the cart. I'm going to put a little more in the cart just to help us out. I need a little bit more patience. You need a little more patience definitely with me, okay. I'm going to put a little more patience in the cart. How about that? How about we pray for that together? He said, no, this isn't an a la carte fruit situation. You can't pick it in the produce. He said, no, 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 it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's just one. And inside this fruit, ah, when you break it open, lies so much joy, so much love, so much goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, patience, in one fruit. And he said, you can't a la carte it. You can't pray for one or the other. And at this point, they're thinking, okay, so it's all or nothing. He said, yeah, if you're looking for the fruit, if you're just going to get the fruit, you'll miss it all. Some of you have been praying and you're like, I don't understand why I'm not getting what I've been asking for. And he said, ah, because you're praying, you're trying to just a la carte your fruit. He said, no, 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 that's not how it works. He said, because I want you to see this. It's by the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. And he said, this is the key. The fruit is a byproduct of the root. From the root comes the fruit. I feel like I need to give you an Andy Stanley quote because Andy would have made it nice and clean and made it rhyme. So I made sure I made mine rhyme. From the root <laughs> comes the fruit. And here's why that's so important. Because for so many of us, it's much easier to just say, this is what I'm looking for. And he's saying, no, this is a relationship. This is God in you. And as you begin to explore this inner world that God has placed inside you, you realize the treasure chest is much closer than you ever could have imagined. And as you begin to experience what God looks like in your life, oh, you could only imagine 
what will happen is you begin to bear fruit and people begin to see it show up in so many different ways. And so there I was, 4.30 in the morning. I woke up, I put on a great outfit, I had some new Ugg boots, I felt great about those. <laughs> I walked out and I, uh, I felt like I had layered up just well enough. I said I put extra layers on that next day, about four layers of shirts, and so I put my jacket back on and they said, I said, hey guys, and he was like, hey, great outfit. I said, thanks so much, I put a lot of effort into it. Here's where you can catch it if you wanna click the website, I'll send you some links. And he said, no, thanks for the links. I wanna give you this waiter suit. And so he gave me a waiter suit. I said, I don't wanna wear the waiter suit because it was a huge overall suit that came all the way up here and it covered up all the work that I had put on that morning. <laughs> and so he said, well, you need to wear the waiter suit because we're gonna be trekking through the marsh. I said, I'm sorry? He said, we're trekking through the marsh. Now, at this point, I'm trying to argue with the Duck Dynasty, gentlemen. I don't know who Jeff, Jeff Robertson is at this point. Now we're great friends. But at this point, he's trying to explain to me what it takes to go on a duck hunt. And so I'm looking at Jeff, and I'm saying, I don't understand why I need to wear this. He's like, because you need to wear it because you would be trekking through the marsh. And so I said, okay, fine. So I get in the boat. They're rowing. We're going along. It's about 30 minutes to our bank. We're trying to find this bank. It's so much water. It's so much land. I'm thinking, where are we going to stop? He finally pulls the boat over. We all get on this bank. We're standing here on the bank, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting here with my rifle or shotgun. I'm not sure which one. I think it's a shotgun. I don't even know. Anyways, I'm, I have my gun. I've never had a gun before. I don't shoot guns. So anyways, I have my gun here, and I'm waiting on the bank. And I remember just waiting, and it was about 10 minutes that passed, which I felt like 10 minutes was ample time for one duck. <laughs> one duck. So I looked at him, and I said, you think the ducks are out today? <laughs> he said, yeah. I said, okay. You think we're in the right spot? <laughs> and he said, yeah, this is good. I said, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. good. I said, now, now why do you think it's good? Because there's so much, <laughs> got all that space, we got all that land down there, you think they might be down there? I think I heard a quack. <laughs> and he said, no, no, this, this is where they're at. I said, okay, okay, this is where they're at. I said, I, I waited, 30 minutes passed. They kept calling it with the duck call. They put a little decoy duck in the water. I said, we got a lot of decoy ducks, still no ducks. 45 minutes pass. At this point, they had brought out a mangy dog uh, to be there with them. And if you know me, I love dogs, and dogs love me. And so I said, this is the prime time to get some quality time with my dog buddy here. So I put my gun down, and I go over to talk to the dog. Now, the dog's not the most loving dog. I wish it was a little bit more loving, but I'm, so I'm talking to him, hey, Gucci, Gucci, Woochie, Gucci, Poochie, hey, Gucci, Woochie, Poochie, and the dog's not really looking at me, paying attention, but I want him to show me more love, so I turn it up a little bit, get behind that ear, and I'm like, hey, Gucci, Woochie, Poochie. At this point, the dog's head shoots up. And I'm thinking, gosh, I need, I need a little bit more from you. But I look at where he's looking, and all the other guys' heads are shot up, and they all start yelling. I tell you, there's a sea of ducks coming. And I mean, it's a wall of ducks. A wall of ducks coming in at 90 miles per hour. At this point, I'm screaming because I realize my gun is all the way down there. So I'm running back to get my gun. I'm finally cocking it. At this point, they've already opened fire because the ducks are coming in hot. They're coming hot and they're flying by and I'm watching ducks fall as they're letting them go. And I'm thinking, these guys are killing machines. I did not know they were so good at this. And I remember I got my gun out and I clicked, pulled the trigger, but I couldn't pull it. And I said, my gun's not shooting. And they said, take the safety off. I said, how do you take the safety off? And someone of them ran down and he clicks the safety. And I remember I'm just trying to get my aim and I shoot it and I will never experience that much power in any type of object. And it kind of blows me back and I lose my footing. But sure enough, 
because in this moment, one of the ducks begins to waver and it kind of falls and hits the water a little bit. And in that moment, this crazy little dog, that mangy, oochie, goochie, woochie dog, jumps off the bank, jumps into the rapid water, and it begins paddling, paddling all the way to that duck. And I'm like, somebody get the dog because it's not going to make it. We can see the waves are over the dog's heads. And every single time the wave will go over the dog's heads, it will bob its way back up and then keep fighting and keep fighting to get to that duck until finally he grabbed the duck and he's coming back. And I'm thinking, the dog is going to die. Somebody needs to go in the water and get that dog. And I'm not about to go in that water and get that dog because if it came down to me or him, he didn't show me that much love on the bank, so I can't show him that much love in the water. That's just real talk. And so sure enough, he's fighting to get his way back. And I'm thinking, I don't know if the dog's going to make it, but finally the dog makes it back to land and he runs up the bank and he drops the duck right on my boots. And I remember all of, them, all of them were cheering, and they were like, you got a duck. And I'm like, what in the world just happened? <laughs> I remember I was like, okay, and I'm looking at this dog that's just now sweet again. And I remember I picked up my duck, and I said, I'm only going to kill one duck because I can only kill what I, what I can eat. I'm a Native American, half Native American. Every black person likes to say that because it means we got good hair. <laughs> So I bring the duck back to the cabin and we cook it up. We're cooking it up and we're eating it and I'm thinking, this is, this is a good duck. I remember thinking, God, I know you sent me out here for a reason. I know there's a lesson. I just don't know what it is yet. As I began to search my heart, as I began to pray, as I began to fly home, I remember journaling over the next few weeks and he whispered to me and he said, oh, here's what I was trying to show you. And this is what I hope somebody could see this morning. Because you're like, hey, I'm out here, I'm giving it all I got. But how do I get connected to this Holy Spirit that's going to bear the fruit? The same way I was on a search is what I want to make sure I share with you along my journey to help you along yours. And he said, Joseph, what happened on the bank? As you looked around and as you were looking and you were thinking, I'm not sure if we're in the right place, where was everyone else looking? He said, well, they were looking up. He said, lesson one, look up. I said, okay. He said, because when you begin to look up, you can begin to live by the Spirit. He said, I know it's tempting to look around you. Look to your left, look to your right, look at what your neighbor has, look at what's happening on social media, look what happens with your friends, your brother, your mother, your sister. I don't know what you're looking, but you're looking all around us, and we're tempted because of the noise. We're tempted because of what's happening in our communities. We're tempted because of our ambitions and our dreams, and we just want what's coming next. And we're thinking, I'm just looking forward. I'm just looking backwards. I'm just looking left, and I'm just looking right. And he says, no, no, no. First command, as you're on the wild goose chase, as you're running on the hunt for more, the first thing you can do is just fix your eyes on me. Look up in purpose. What were they waiting on? They were looking up for a reason. I said they were waiting on the ducks. He said, because that leads me to point two. He said, be still and know. I said, okay. He said, all you can do in this time is to wait on me. Eagerly await. Here's what I want to tell somebody who's brand new. Because I know it might seem like, I don't know where I'm at. But the longer you're on this hunt, listen to me. The longer you're on this hunt, the more you're able to look back at what God did yesterday. 
And when people ask, are you sure we're in the right spot? You're able to say, yeah. How do you know? Because I look back and I remember how good he was yesterday. He was faithful to me in my dark times. He was faithful to me when I was in my depression. He was faithful to me when it didn't work out in my credit score. He was faithful to me when it just didn't work out with my family members. He was faithful to me when I didn't have anything to eat in Atlanta and I didn't know and I called my mom thinking I was going to die in the middle of the streets. He was faithful to me in those moments and that's why right now as I'm waiting on him and they ask me and they'll look at you and they'll say, are you sure you're in the right spot? Where are you looking? You'll see I'm looking up and I know I'm in the right spot. Well, what are you doing? I'm waiting. For what? Oh, I'm eagerly awaiting the third Holy Spirit. And I love what the ancient Celtics wrote about the Holy Spirit because they said the Holy Spirit is like a wild goose. And it's easy for us to invite God into our plan. God, here's what I want. I want a little bit of love. I want a little bit of peace. Can you hook me up by Friday? That's how we pray. And God is saying, it's not about you inviting me into your plan. It's about you accepting the invitation to the hunt for all that I have planned for you. And he's saying, are you willing to look up, to wait on me? And then the last step is seize that opportunity. The lesson the dog taught me as he sat there on the bank, locked up, eagerly awaiting my move. And I took my little terrible shot, best shot I had in me, and that dog jumped off that bank. And what happened next is what I need to tell somebody in this room because I dare not stand on this stage and tell you it's gonna all be easy. No, he said, there might be waves that hit you. You might have to fight with everything you got to get that goose. No one said that goose is going to make it easy. It might push you to areas that you didn't know. It might push you down in depths and make you face things you didn't know you had to face. It might force you to have to climb mountains you never thought you'd have to climb. It might force you to have faith to walk on that ocean the way we sing that lyric every single time we sing that song. He said, but in that moment when you're able to go, when you're not able to just say, God, I'm inviting you into my plan. I need you to come to me. But you're willing to say, no, God, I'm willing to go to the Holy Spirit and all that he has planned for me. When you're able to make that jump and fight those waves and climb that mountain and face all that opposition on the other side when you grab the fruit, when you grab the Holy Spirit, you will begin to see life in a totally different perspective. Because it's not about what's around you. It's about what he's already hidden inside you. And if you came in this room looking for more, X marks the spot. And this is the point where I get to tell you, I know what you're looking to taste. I know what you're looking to find with one bite. But it's going to take some work. What will it lead to? It'll bear fruit. Love, unlike you've ever seen. Kindness, when you feel like you want to lash out in anger, you'll say things and say, how am I able to talk like this? Peace in the midnight hour when everything is going astray and you're like, how am I able to hold on and still find peace? And your friends will look at you and your coworkers will look at you and they'll say, what is it about you that's different? And you'll say, I, I, I took hold of something. I was looking for more and I found so much more than I ever could have expected because I grabbed all that God has prepared for me. As you're looking for the hunt for more, it's by the root 
that you'll begin to bear the fruit. Chase after the Holy Spirit and watch all that you will find. As I was talking to my friend Justin about this message, he began to play this song to me, and I'm going to invite the band out to play. And here's why I love the lyrics. Because if you're like me, I, I truly believe there's power in art. And sometimes it's through music that you're able to put that exclamation point at the end of a thought. So my hope for you is that as you listen to these lyrics, you're able to say, hey, maybe I walked in here with a story that said I've been looking in all the wrong places. And if you're telling me, if you're telling me that it's something that he's hidden in me, that the Holy Spirit is simply God in me, then maybe I need to start this exploration within. I didn't have to go to Montana to find it. But something happened in Montana that showed me how to find it. And I gotta make sure that everyone hears how to find the greatest gift of life. And that is that God is living in us, trying to work through you. Why? So that you may love him better and experience love in ways that you never could, this unconditional love, and so that you might love others and allow them to reciprocate that kind of love that they only can feel from somebody who's tasted and seen just how good he is. So as you listen to these lyrics, you don't have to stand, but if you'd want to stand, you can. But I pray you could just think about your journey and say, where have I been looking? And am I ready to look up? Am I ready to patiently wait? And then when the time comes, and I see a glimpse of that Holy Spirit, and that wild goose comes swooping down. I'm ready to go. I'm not gonna invite him to come to me. No, no, no. I'm jumping off the bank. I'm fighting with everything I got, and I'm grabbing all that God has prepared for me.